Book Four, Part Two of Pharsalia: Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Pharsalia: Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars by Lucan, thirty-nine to sixty-five B.C. Translation by J. D. Duff. Book Four, Part Two. Not thus did fortune upon Caesar smile in all the parts of earth, but gainst his arms dared somewhat, where Salona's lengthy waist opposes Hadria, and Iadar warm meets with his waves the breezes of the west. There brave Curacte dwell, whose island home is girded by the main, on whom relied Antonius, and beleaguered by the foe, upon the furthest margin of the shore safe from all ills but famine placed his camp but for his steeds the earth no forage gave nor golden ceres harvest but his troops gnawed the dry herbage of the scanty turf within their rampart lines but when they knew that basilus was on the opposing shore with friendly force by novel mode of flight they aim to reach him not the accustomed keel they lay nor build the ship but shapeless rafts of timbers knit together strong to bear all ponderous weight on empty casks beneath by tightened chains made firm in double rows supported nor upon the deck were placed the oarsmen to the hostile dart exposed but in a hidden space by beams concealed and thus the eye amazed beheld the mass move silent on its path across the sea by neither sail nor stalwart arm propelled they watched the main until the refluent waves ebb from the growing sands then on the tide receding launch their vessel thus she floats with twin companions over each uprose with quivering battlements a lofty tower octavius guardian of illyrian seas restrained his swifter keels and left the rafts free from attack in hopes of larger spoil from fresh adventures for the peaceful sea may tempt them and their goal in safety reached to dare a second voyage round the stag thus will the cunning hunter draw a line of tainted feathers poisoning the air or spread the mesh and muzzle in his grasp the straining jaws of the molossian hound and leash the spartan pack nor is the brake trusted to any dog but such as tracks the scent with lowered nostrils and refrains from giving tongue the while content to mark by shaking leash the covert of the prey ere long they manned the rafts in eager wish to quit the island when the latest glow still parted day from night but magnus's troops cilician once taught by their ancient art in fraudulent deceit had left the sea to view unguarded but with chains unseen fast to illyrian shores and hanging loose they blocked the outlet in the waves beneath the leading rafts passed safely, but the third hung in mid-passage, and by ropes was hauled below or shadowing rocks. These hollowed out in ponderous masses overhung the main, and nodding seemed to fall. Shadowed by trees, dark lay the waves beneath. 
hither the tide brings wreck and corpse and burying with the flow restores them with the ebb and when the caves belch forth the ocean swirling billows fall in boisterous surges back as boils the tide in that famed whirlpool on sicilian shores here with venetian settlers for its load stood motionless the raft octavius's ships gathered around while foemen on the land filled all the shore but well the captain knew voltaeus how the secret fraud was planned and tried in vain with sword and steel to burst the bands that held them without hope he fights uncertain where to avoid or front the foe caught in this strait they strove as brave men should against opposing hosts nor long the fight for fallen darkness brought a truce to arms then to his men disheartened and in fear of coming fate voltaeus great of soul thus spake in tones commanding free no more save for this little night consult ye now in this last moment soldiers how to face your final fortunes no man's life is short who can take thought for death nor is your fame less than a conqueror's if with breast advanced ye meet your destined doom none know how long the life that waits them summon your own fate and equal is your praise whether the hand quench the last flicker of departing light or shear the hope of years but choice to die is thrust not on the mind we cannot flee see at our throats e'en now our kinsmen's swords then choose for death desire what fate decrees at least in war's blind cloud we shall not fall nor when the flying weapons hide the day and slaughtered heaps of foemen load the field and death is common and the brave man sinks unknown inglorious us within this ship seen of both friends and foes the gods have placed both land and sea and island cliffs shall bear from either shore their witness to our death in which some great and memorable fame thou fortune dost prepare what glorious deeds of warlike heroism of noble faith time's annals show all these shall we surpass true caesar that to fall upon our swords for thee is little yet beleaguered thus with neither sons nor parents at our sides shorn of the glory that we might have earned we give thee here the only pledge we may yet let these hostile thousands fear the souls that rage for battle and that welcome death and know us for invincible and joy that no more rafts were stayed they'll offer terms and tempt us with a base unhonoured life would that to give that death which shall be ours the greater glory they may bid us hope for pardon and for life lest when our swords are reeking with our heart's blood they may say this was despair of living great must be the prowess of our end if in the hosts that fight his battles caesar is to mourn this little handful lost for me should fate grant us retreat myself would scorn to shun the coming onset life i cast away the frenzy of the death that comes apace controls my being those alone whose end inspires them know the happiness of death which the high gods that men may bear to live keep hid from others 
thus his noble words warmed his brave comrades hearts and who with fear and tearful eyes had looked upon the wain turning his knightly course now hoped for day such precepts deep within them nor delayed the sky to dip the stars below the main for phoebus in the twins his chariot drave at noon near cancer and the hours of night were shortened by the archer when day broke lo on the rocks the istrians while the sea swarmed with the galleys and their grecian fleet all armed for fight but first the war was stayed and terms proposed life to the foe they thought would seem the sweeter by delay of death thus granted but the band devoted stood proud of their promised end and life forsworn and careless of the battle no debate could shake their high resolve in numbers few gainst foemen numberless by land and sea they wage the desperate fight then satiate turn from the foe and first demanding death volteus bared his throat what youth he cries dares strike me down and through his captain's wounds attest his love for death then through his side plunge blades uncounted on the moment drawn he praises all but him who struck the first grateful with dying strength he does to death they rush together, and without a foe work all the guilt of battle. Thus of yore rose up the glittering Dercaean band, from seed to Cadmus sown, and fought and died, dire omen for the brother kings of Thebes. And so in faces fields the sons of earth, born of the sleepless dragon, all inflamed by magic incantations, with their blood deluged the monstrous furrow, while the queen feared at the spells she wrought. Devoted thus to death, they fall, yet in their death itself less valor show than in the fatal wounds they take and give, for e'en the dying hand missed not a blow, nor did the stroke alone inflict the wound, but rushing on the sword, their throat or breast received it to the hilt and when by fatal chance or sire with son or brothers met yet with unfaltering weight down flashed the pitiless sword this proved their love to give no second blow half living now they dragged their mangled bodies to the side whence flowed into the sea a crimson stream of slaughter twas their pleasure yet to see the light they scorned with haughty looks to scan the faces of their victors and to feel the death approaching but the raft was now piled up with dead which when the foemen saw wondering at such a chief and such a deed they gave them burial never through the world of any brave achievement was the fame more widely blazed yet meaner men untaught by such examples see not that the hand which frees from slavery needs no valiant mind to guide the stroke but tyranny is feared as dealing death and freedom's self is galled by ruthless arms and knows not that the sword was given for this that none need live a slave ah death wouldst thou but let the coward live and grant the brave alone the prize to die 
nor less were libyan fields ablaze with war for curio rash from lilybean coast sailed with his fleet and borne by gentle winds betwixt half-ruined carthage mighty once and clupia's cliff upon the well-known shore his anchors dropped first from the hoary sea remote where bagra slowly ploughs the sand he placed his camp then sought the further hills and mazy passages of cavernous rocks antaeus's kingdom called from ancient days this name was given and thus a swain retold the story handed down from sire to son not yet exhausted by the giant brood earth still another monster brought to birth in libya's caverns huger far was he more justly far her pride than briareus with all his hundred hands or typhon fierce or titios twas in mercy to the gods that not in phlegrous fields antaeus grew but here in libya to her offspring's strength unmeasured vast she added yet this boon that when in weariness and labour spent he touched his parent fresh from her embrace renewed in rigour he should rise again in yonder cave he dwelt neath yonder rock he made his feast on lions slain in chase there slept he not on skins of beasts or leaves but fed his strength upon the naked earth perished the libyan hinds and those who came brought here in ships until he scorned at length the earth that gave him strength and on his feet invincible and with unaided might made all his victims last to afric shores drawn by the rumour of such carnage came magnanimous alcides he who freed both land and sea of monsters down on earth he threw his mantle of the lion's skin slain in cleon nor antaeus lest cast down the hide he wore with shining oil as one who wrestles at olympia's feast the hero rubs his limbs the giant feared lest standing only on his parent earth his strength might fail and cast o'er all his bulk hot sand in handfuls thus with arms entwined and grappling hands each seizes on his foe with hardened muscles straining at the neck long time in vain for firm the sinewy throat stood column-like nor yielded so that each wondered to find his peer nor at the first divine alcides put forth all his strength by lengthy struggle wearing out his foe till chilly drops stood on antaeus's limbs and toppled to its fall the stately throat and smitten by the hero's blows the legs began to totter breast to breast they strive to gain the vantage till the victor's arms gird in the giant's yielding back and sides and squeeze his middle part next twixt the thighs he puts his feet and forcing them apart lays low the mighty monster limb by limb the dry earth drank his sweat while in his veins warm ran the life-blood and with strength refreshed the muscle swelled and all the joints grew firm and with his might restored he breaks his bonds and reaves the arms of hercules away 
amazed the hero stood at such a strength not thus he feared though then unused to war that hydra fierce which smitten in the marsh of inachus renewed its severed heads again they join in fight one with the powers which earth bestowed the other with his own nor did the hatred of his step-dame find in all his conflicts greater room for hope she sees bedewed in sweat the neck and limbs which once had borne the mountains of the gods nor knew the toil and when antaeus felt his foeman's arms close round him once again he flung his wearying limbs upon the sand to rise with strength renewed all that the earth though labouring sore could breathe into her son she gave his frame but hercules at last saw how his parent gave the giant strength stand thou he cried no more upon the ground thy liest at thy will here must thou stay within mine arms constrained against this breast antaeus shall thou fall he lifted up and held by middle girth the giant form still struggling for the earth but she no more could give her offspring rigour slowly came the chill of death upon him and twas long before the hero of his victory sure trusted the earth and laid the giant down hence hoar antiquity that loves to prate and wonders at herself this region called antaeus's kingdom but a greater name is gained from scipio when he recalled from roman citadels the punic chief here was his camp here canst thou see the trace of that most famous rampart whence at length issued the eagles of triumphant rome but curio rejoiced as though for him the fortunes of the spot must hold in store the fates of former chiefs and on the place of happy augury placed his tents ill-starred took from the hills their omens and with force unequal challenged his barbarian foe all africa that bore the roman yoke then lay neath varus he though placing first trust in his latian troops from every side and furthest regions summoned to his aid the nations who confessed king juba's rule not any monarch over wider tracts held the dominion from the western belt near gades atlas parts their furthest bounds but from the southern hammon girds them in hard by the whirlpools and their burning plains stretch forth unending neath the torrid zone in breath its equal till they reach at length the shore of ocean upon either hand from all these regions tribes unnumbered flock to juba's standard moors of swarthy hue as though from ind numidian nomads there and nasimon's needy hordes and those whose darts equal the flying arrows of the mede dark garamantians leave their fervid home and those whose coursers unrestrained by bit or saddle yet obey the rider's hand which wields the guiding switch the hunter too who wanders forth his home a fragile hut and blinds with flowing robe if spear should fail the angry lion monarch of the steppe not eagerness alone to save the state stirred juba's spirit private hatred too roused him to war for in the former year when curio all things human and the gods polluted he by tribune law essayed to ravish libya from the tyrant's sway 
and drive the monarch from his father's throne while giving rome a king to juba thus still smarting at the insult came the war a welcome harvest for his crown retained these rumours curio feared nor had his troops tain in corfinium's hold in waves of rhine been tested nor to caesar in the wars had learned devotion wavering in their faith their second chief they doubt their first betrayed yet when the general saw the spirit of fear creep through his camp and discipline to fail and sentinels desert their guard at night thus in his fear he spake by daring much fear is disguised let me be first in arms and bid my soldiers to the plain descend while still my soldiers idle days breed doubt by fight forestall the plot soon as the thirst of bloodshed fills the mind and eager hands grip firm the sword and pressed upon the brow the helm brings valour to the failing heart who cares to measure leaders' merits then? Who weighs the cause? With whom the soldier stands, for him he fights, as at the fatal show no ancient grudge the gladiator's arm nerves for the combat, yet as he shall strike he hates his rival. Thinking thus, he leads his troops in battle order to the plain, then victory on his arms deceptive shone, hiding the ills to come for from the field driving the hostile host with sword and spear he smote them till their camp opposed his way but after varus's rout unseen till then all eager for the glory to be his by stealth came juba silent was his march his only fear lest rumour should forestall his coming victory in pretended war he sends sabura forth with scanty force to tempt the enemy while in hollow vale he holds the armies of his realm unseen thus doth the sly ichneumon with his tail waving allure the serpent of the nile drawn to the moving shadow he with head turned sideways watches till the victim glides within his reach then seizes by the throat behind the deadly fangs forth from its seat balked of its purpose through the brimming jaws gushes a tide of poison fortune smiled on juba's stratagem for curio the hidden forces of the foe unknown sent forth his horse by night without the camp to scour more distant regions he himself at earliest peep of dawn bids carry forth his standards heeding not his captain's prayer urged on his ears beware of punic fraud the craft that taints a carthaginian war hung over him the doom of coming death and gave the youth to fate and civil strite dragged down its author on the lofty tops where broke the hills abruptly to their fall he ranks his troops and sees the foe afar who still deceiving simulated flight till from the height in loose unordered lines the roman forces streamed upon the plain in thought that juba fled then first was known the treacherous fraud for swift numidian horse on every side surround them leader men all see their fate in one dread moment come no coward flees no warrior bravely strides to meet the battle 
nay the trumpet call stirs not the charger with resounding hoof to spurn the rock nor galling bit compels to champ in eagerness nor toss his mane and prick the ear nor prancing with his feet to claim his share of combat tired the neck droops downwards smoking sweat bedews the limbs dry from the squalid mouth protrudes the tongue hoarse raucous panting issues from their chests their flanks distend and every curb is dry with bloody foam the ruthless sword alone could move them onward powerless even then to charge but giving to the hostile dart a nearer victim but when the afrique horse first made their onset loud beneath their hoofs rang the wide plain and rose the dust in air as by some thracian whirlwind stirred and veiled the heavens in darkness when on curio's host the tempest burst each footman in the rank stood there to meet his fate no doubtful end hung in the balance destiny proclaimed death to them all no conflict hand to hand was granted them by lances thrown from far and sidelong sword thrusts slain nor wounds alone but clouds of weapons falling from the air by weight of iron o'erwhelmed them still drew in the straightening circle for the first pressed back on those behind did any shun the foe seeking the inner safety of the ring he needs must perish by his comrades swords and as the front rank fell still narrower grew the close crushed phalanx till to raise their swords space was denied still close and closer forced the armed breast against each other driven pressed out the life thus not upon a scene such as their fortune promised gazed the foe no tide of blood was there to glut their eyes no members lopped asunder though the earth so was piled with corpses for each roman stood in death upright against his comrade dead let cruel carthage rouse her hated ghosts by this fell offering let the punic shades and bloody hannibal from this defeat receive atonement yet twas shame ye gods that libya gained not for herself the day and that our romans on that field should die to save pompeius and the senate's cause now was the dust laid low by streams of blood and curio knowing that his host was slain chose not to live and as a brave man should he rushed upon the heap and fighting fell in vain with turbid speech hast thou profaned the pulpit of the forum waved in vain from that proud citadel the tribune flag and armed the people and the senate's rights betraying hast compelled this impious war betwixt the rival kinsmen lo thou liest before pharsalus fight and from thine eyes is hid the war tis thus to suffering rome for arms seditious and for civil strife ye mighty make atonement with your blood happy were rome and all her sons indeed did but the gods as rigidly protect as they avenge her violated laws there curio lies untombed his noble corpse torn by the vultures of the libyan wastes yet shall we since such merit though unsung lives by its own imperishable fame give thee thy meed of praise 
Rome never bore another son, who, had he right pursued, had so adorned her laws, but soon the times their luxury, corruption, and the curse of too abundant wealth in transverse stream swept o'er his wavering mind, and Curio changed, turned with his change the scale of human things. True mighty Sulla, cruel Marius, and bloody Cinna, and the long descent of Caesar, and of Caesar's house, became lords of our lives. But who had power like him? All others bought the state. He sold alone. End of Book Four, Part Two